listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I'm your host, Barnabas. And I am your co-host, Samael. Welcome to episode 85. Be of good fear. It's the most bloodiest time of the year. Yes, I'm excited. (laughs) Oh, me too, guys. We are back now after a little over a week of being gone. Uh, We had to celebrate the Thanksgiving festivities, of course, and I had a nice little break from work, which was good. Saw a lot of movies, laid around, played some games, you know, the good stuff. Really good stuff. uh, But I did miss all you gravers. And grave discussions, of course, and you, Samuel. Yeah, I, I really did. Uh, usually, uh, grave discussions. This is the thing where once a week, like it's probably my favorite day when we record this. Mm-hmm. So, like the fact that we missed out last week kind of made me like kind of anxious, you know? Because yeah. like I'm used to a certain routine. So when the routine gets broken, at least you did come by last week, mm-hmm. and you know we did go. You know we did watch a few things, mm-hmm. and uh, it was still good. Uh, honestly. Horror is me life, so as long as the day is filled up with something horror-related, I'm fine. I had enough turkey, mm. had enough mac and cheese, had some lasagna rolls, some honey barbecue chicken, had a whole bunch of stuff over the holidays, but, you know, now we gotta get back into the groove. Oh, we do, and we're going to do that today, uh, which it's officially December, by the way, so... Yes. It's, it's okay now to celebrate, you know, the Christmas or holiday season. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about two kind of more underrated Christmas-themed horror films and two pretty recent ones actually within this decade. So not that old, uh, but they are pretty cool. We're going to be doing that, of course, in our main segment. But first, we got to spread a little holiday fear to our gracious and giving host network sports radio detroit yes and you can find our gracious hosts on twitter instagram and facebook just look up sports radio detroit that's srd sports radio detroit not detroit sports radio that's right and if you want to be very merry uh, you can also go to the website and check out the fanatics page uh we are doing kind of like a little uh, partnership thing with with fanatics uh, where if you want to go to the site you can check it out you can click on one of those images and go to fanatics and buy some detroit branded sports stuff so if you're a sports fan there you go but uh, we are going to start off as always here with the horror news and it's been about two weeks now so there's been a lot going on recently uh, this first article is a sad one but we got to get it out of the way here oh man yeah so uh michael j pollard who uh was an actor on house of a thousand corpses and bonnie whole, and clyde bonnie, whole bunch of other stuff recently passed away at 80 years old very sad does it say from what no it didn't specify okay well not that it's you know super important but r.i.p to him he was great. He has, I don't know, he just has like a very recognizable face. He does. For me. He has that, that soft, friendly guy face. Yeah. 
He, he's a good actor too. He was in uh, Sleepaway Camp Three. I remember. <laughs> uh, Melvin and Howard, Heated Vengeance, American Gothic, a bunch of stuff. American Gothic. Yeah, I watched. We I watched that one recently. Oh yeah, I I don't. Oh yeah, the one where yeah. we're on the island. Where yeah, that one was good. Apparently, also in Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> so that's interesting. Awesome. Yeah. So RP to him. Let's move on to uh, a bit happier news here, though. This next article is uh, something I'm actually anticipating a lot. Me too. Along with uh, that new 80s documentary. Yeah. This will tie in well with that because Savini is like a legend. It really will. Especially of the 80s. Oh, yeah. So Tom Savini, well-deserving, should have already had this distributed, made, whatever, getting his own documentary on Shudder this December. It's going to be called Smoke and Mirrors. I'm so excited. I want to hear about his war stories and how that helped him like mm. make his gore more realistic and really like be comparable to the things he saw out in the war zone. And mm. I want to see like the work he did if he talks about, you know, the Prowler and Friday the 13th. And I want to see where he got his start in full detail because we watched uh, Into Pieces, I think it yeah. was called. And uh, it, it talked about Tom Savini uh, here and there, you know, especially about his special effects, like the ones he did for the Prowler and then mm -hmm. his his days in Nam and stuff like that. But I want to see like the full story because, mm. I mean, dude, I've known about Tom Savini since I was a kid, you know, but we just haven't gotten too much on him. And this is well-deserved because he is a, a horror special effects goat. Yeah. The first time I think I ever actually like saw Tom Savini was in From Dust Till Dawn, I want to say. Like I probably had seen something beforehand of his work, but that was my first real like exposure to Tom Savini, so, uh, and I love that movie, as you, as you know, so, yeah, this is gonna be really cool, um, and the fact that Shudder has it, I think, is perfect after the horror noir documentary. Yes. I know that there's that, like, Leviathan documentary on there as well about, uh, Hellraiser, I think, which I still gotta watch, but they have, they have so much of that content, you have, it's amazing. Uh, Crystal Lake memories, and then, yeah, Freddy Krueger's story as well. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Shudder, oh yeah, by the way, uh, I grabbed my own Shutter subscription recently. Oh, nice. Okay. No more, no, yeah, no more piggybacking. <laughs> no, that's awesome. It's it's well worth it. You know, we're not uh, sponsored by them or anything. But, but we love well Shutter. It. It, it's absolutely like the most celebratory horror thing that, that there can be. And this is going to be on their December 16th. Oh, yeah. Shutter's definitely in tune with horror culture. Mm. Tubi's really good for horror movies, though, because like they have a lot of classic ones, but like it's not only horror. Shudder gives you that that feel of it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And Shudder is honestly, like, the best. It, it really is. And, uh, guys, if you're in Canada as well, there's a little bit at the end, you will also be able to see Smoke and Mirrors December 16th, I believe, so. Especially yeah. you Canadians. <laughs> Especially you guys. So, uh, let's move on to this next and last article here. Uh, this one was kind of cool because I had heard about this adaptation but uh, there's some casting news, which is pretty exciting. The dude from, uh, was it the a Cure to Wellness? A, a Cure for Wellness. A cure for yeah. Wellness, yeah, he's in there. Yeah, so Dane... Longest fucking movie ever, by the way. Really? Oh, I still gotta watch it. But uh, Dane DeHaan, who was in that movie, joins Julianne Moore in Apple's adaptation of Stephen King's Lizzie's story. Pretty interesting. Also, not mentioned in the title, but Clive Owen is in this one, too, so... Really, really good casting, I think, so far. I don't know much about Lizzie's story. I've seen it on the shelf before, but 
I really kind of have no clue what it's about, but it's Stephen King. So, I mean, I'm down to check it out. I think really now, since uh, since horror is kind of running out of like brand new ideas, it seems like they're just running to the shelf and grabbing Stephen King, you know, stuff and just making a whole like, you know, script out of it. And uh, I think it's a good idea because like I think Stephen King, a lot of his stories were ahead of their time. You know, like it's it's way more innovative than anything modern horror has to bring besides like Midsummer and mm. Hereditary and things of that nature. But I think it's pretty smart because I really usually enjoy Stephen King adaptations. I loved it. I loved, you know, even though he didn't like it, I love The Shining. Yeah. Lo- we love Dr. Sleep, as mm-hmm. people know. Uh, the Langoliers was awesome. The Stand is awesome. So, yeah. It's pretty good to see, like, his lesser, really lesser known stuff, at least in, like, the public pop, view. Pop you know? culture. Yeah, stuff, exactly. Yeah. So, I think it's pretty interesting. I think it's a good idea. No, I, I, I think it's a good idea as well. Um, I'm, I'm kind of interested in the story. It, basically, the synopsis here says uh, it's described as a deeply personal thriller that follows Lizzie, portrayed by uh, Julianne Moore, two years following the death of her husband. Not really a whole lot else there, but it seems like it's going to be kind of like a psychological thriller, which, you know, if there's one thing that Stephen King does really well, apart from having original concepts, is integrating those supernatural mysterious you know dreary concepts with like real life and he's sometimes it's a little overly long but he usually does a pretty good job of you know giving us that small town feel that real life kind of feel like it's not just a book character like this could be a real character you know so um this movie kind of sounds like it's doing that i think it'll be successful especially with this casting um and (laughs) For some reason, J.J. Abrams is is on board to produce this through his Bad Robot Productions. He's got a bit of a different style, but I think he likes the genre a lot. So, I mean, we'll see. I'm I'm interested uh, to see who's going to direct. Actually, I, I don't think it's James Wan. <laughs> man, that would be interesting. Yeah, we'll see. It's just a lazy story with ghosts. <laughs> but guys, be on the lookout for more info on that one. Uh, it's really just the casting right now. But we've got a few trailers right now, and then we'll get into our main discussion. This first trailer uh, is called Apparition, coming out December 27th in theaters and on VOD. It's another one of those technological horror things, like using my youngest son's app, he can help you communicate with the dead. Yeah. And then guess what? It doesn't go okay. Something goes wrong. Yeah. Honestly, I think the trailer actually makes it look a little bit more interesting than the premises yeah they didn't really uh, <laughs> describe they didn't really reveal all too much other than yeah. shit's gonna go down and that's pretty much the basic lesson uh with movies like this if you're gonna fuck with a ouija board don't do it something will go wrong if you're gonna fuck yeah. with technological ghost stuff don't do it something will go wrong are you trying to summon the devil don't do it something will go wrong that's yeah. like the main lesson of the Kind of like the descent, you know, don't go into caves. This one yeah, is. Right? <laughs> Just don't even use technology. Yeah. Right. No, but um, this does seem, I, I think, kind of similar to this one, uh, I think, Thai movie or something like that that came out kind of recently about some kind of killer app game or some shit like that. I don't Mr. Know, but, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was actually kind of solid. This this one looks okay. Uh, literally, the, the little uh, line here starts off by saying apparition follows a group of millennials when you put that right in there nobody wants to watch it bro even Uh millennials 
don't want to hear that it's just about a group of why is that important yeah just be like a group of <laughs> teenagers remember back in the day where like people wouldn't be called out like it's like yeah. not like when they made movies with boomers it's like a, a group of boomers like no it's just like okay boomer it's like okay yeah, I don't know, dude. It's so like corny when you put it like like yeah. a group of black teens. Like, it's like, dude, like, stop specifying. Like, no, you're not gonna get anyone's attention. Like, would you want to watch uh, like The Irishman if the description was just a group of boomers yeah. doing mafia business? Like, exactly. Nah, not really. <laughs> a group of young Jewish folk. Just say a group of teenagers. That automatically draws people in, especially yeah. the teenage crowd, dude. Exactly. I don't know. I don't get that. But yeah, l- like I said, luckily the trailer makes it look a little bit better. It does look kind of, you know, brooding, gloomy. Uh, the atmosphere looks okay. Like you said, they didn't really give away too much. Uh, I don't know about the main guy, but we'll see. Other than that, it looks like your typical kind of teenager ghost fair. So we'll see. Yeah. But the, the I will say the, the setting does seem at least kind of cool. It's one of those kind of old school, like London castles or schools or something like that so we'll see uh december 27th you can check that one out this next one actually looked pretty good to me i'm not gonna lie oh my god (laughs) it's called uh snatchers coming out january 7th 2020 on digital and then february 18th on dvd and blu-ray and then the the lesson for this one is don't have unprotected sex because then you're gonna have an alien baby (laughs) yeah it's it's really very comedy focused horror um i will say this though from what the little sneak peeks of the monsters that we did get seemed like it seems pretty cool i will say um and the comedy actually looks all right like it doesn't seem too forced cinematography looks you know okay it kind of looks like in tone the new critters content sort of i was gonna say it was like book of monsters ish or yeah yeah that's fair i think it definitely has that sort of comedic vibe to it. All um, the camera fucking shots. All the cinematography is like yeah. really close up though. Like, it's got those like whooshing yeah. close up things. Yeah, really kind of like. Kind of. That shit kind of puts me off. Kind of common for these type of movies I feel like. I, I need the I need to see someone from the waist up from a normal angle at least a few times. Enough of these like really close up shots. Like it, it, they just make me super like. Yeah. What's the word for it? Claustrophobic. <laughs> I feel you. I mean if they're trying to make you feel that way then I get it. But filmmakers aren't always trying to, this to do that. They're just trying to make you react in another way. I think this movie is another like allegorical movie about how if you had unprotected sex, you're going to have a baby that's going to ruin your life. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. The good thing is, though, that it does look like it has the potential to be bloody, funny. Oh, yeah. And just overall pretty fun. So, and I don't really know if we've seen a movie quite like this. There, there have been a couple, like I think there was one called Hell Baby or some shit like that and oh boy and you know obviously all the uh child of the devil antichrist whatever yeah, type of movies but, <laughs> but i mean since this one is kind of like a monster i'm a little bit more curious we'll see how it goes that one's coming out again january 7th on digital february 18th on dvd and blu-ray and this last one uh is probably my most anticipated coming out april 24th 2020 in theaters it's called Antebellum, and this is a brand new one, actually, from the producers of Get Out and Us. Oh, wow. Yeah. I can't really tell what it was about, honestly. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I, I saw the trailer, and I do not get it, so that's really good. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I like that it really didn't give anything away. What we did see was pretty 
powerful, I feel like. I read through the comments, it's like about time travel. That's kind of what it seems like, because it's got multiple scenes of, like, you know, black people in the present as well as in the past, um, and particularly during times of slavery, which wasn't that long ago. But, you know, these were, like, the more colonial kind of slave times, and it kind of seems like it's going to be something involving either time travel or, like, time displacement, or I wonder if it's something about, like, ancestors and their like generational rel- you know blood relatives or something maybe like it's that. still about feeling the effects of yeah said past trauma right even though you know when the current you don't really need a time machine to really go back you could just kind of hear it in like the hatred of like you know like the more like racist people mm-hmm. i mean toss around the n-word and then you know but i don't know i think it racism still obviously exists and uh, it doesn't really take a lot to make black people like kind of have flashbacks to the past mm-hmm. about the really shitty times that you know they're even just even their grandparents had to go through like yeah. grandparents yeah like people people we know their grandparents were beaten during segregation and yeah. like you said it was not even segregation slavery was not that long ago right true facts and so i, I i'm pretty sure that this movie is going to be something along those lines that you know we've we've mentioned but um Again, nothing really super clear, but it definitely looks like it's going to be a powerful film. Looks like it has the potential to be, you know, pretty scary, you know, with with that dark kind of atmosphere, very emotional atmosphere. So uh, I am very interested to see more, but we do have to wait, unfortunately, uh, several months until it comes out. At least we're getting like a real genre film now. Yeah. No, I mean, this one looks good. You know, I don't even want to say it's, like, woke or anything like that. It just looks like a good film about something that is terrifying. It was shot well. It was dark. It Mm -hmm. was creepy. And it made you think. It made you kind of, like, have to analyze, like, yo, what is this really about? And those films are usually the best, a la The Lighthouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait for this one. Uh, It's starring Janelle Monae, and uh, it was directed by Gerard Bush and Christopher Renz. So... Be on the lookout, guys, and let us know if you're excited about that one. But I think it's time now for our main discussion. But before we get into that, we do have a few words from some other SRD shows, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jeremy Bryant. Catch me, E, and Brian on Pearson's Peace, 8 to 9 a.m. on Sports Radio Detroit Network, CRB, on Spotify, iTunes, Anywhere else you can find podcasting. Because I feel like a salad tossing might feel good. What? (laughs) Out of Bounds Detroit Podcast. Tuesday morning and Friday mornings here on SportsRoadDetroit.com. And welcome back, Holiday Horror Fiends. So, as I mentioned before, we have uh, two films that we're going to be talking about today. Pretty uh, underlooked, underrated Christmas-themed horror films from the past decade. The first one is... Better Watch Out. And this came out roughly three years ago. It stars uh, Olivia de Jong and Ed Oxenbold. And if you feel like you recognize them... 
It's because you do, because they were also brother and sister in the movie The Visit. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. No, I, I knew that I recognized the kid, but The Visit came out when? Like, was it before this? I think it was... Like, 2013, maybe? Jesus. That's weird. I, I went and saw it in the drive-thru. Really? This girl that, yeah, I just, I'm not even in contact with anymore, <laughs> but it, it doesn't even feel like that long ago. Yeah, dude. It's I, crazy. I watched it like <laughs> twice the past year, actually. I really enjoyed mm. that movie. No, that's a good one. But this was, uh, I think, both of our first times watching this particular film. It's my second time. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. But yeah, I'm, right, yeah. I'm having a little bit of a, what's that, what's that called when you can't, when you recall something incorrectly? Oh, I don't know. But you know, Maybe like, I'm having it right now. You remember something <laughs> completely different. Yeah. From, so the first time I watched this movie at the end, the savior wasn't the duct tape. It was flour. And I remember myself Googling, hmm. can flour, you know, stop an open wound? And I looked online and it said, yes, flour can. And just to make sure, I went back and I Googled it again and it said the same thing, like flour can stop an open wound. And the first time I watched this movie, it was flour and not duct tape. And I remember it because she had flour on her neck. And I was like, yo. Is it selective, like memory or something? Is that no, it's, it's a phenomenon. I forgot uh, what it's called, like. You know, like Berenstein Bears? I know what you're talking about. I think there's a movie coming out about that or something Dude, like I that. swear to God, we're in a fucking <laughs> we're <just> simulation. Because <laughs> I swear, like I watched this movie when it came out first on Netflix. Yeah. And that was the ending. Yeah. Really? Wow, jeez. Well, maybe they no, re-edited I, it or No, something. I Googled it. I even looked at reviews of this movie mm-hmm. from 2016. And all of them mentioned duct tape. Oh, man. Wow. And I remember Flower. I think I even messaged you. That's like, fucking weird. Well, anyway, apart from the crazy psychological fucking, phenomenon, we are in <laughs> we're movie, in a simulation. That this movie Elon Musk was right. <laughs> Elon is it Elon Musk or Elon Tusk? Oh, <laughs> no, Musk. <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, I don't know. This was my first time watching this movie, at least, and and I saw I saw the duct tape, but, dude. First but time I watched weird. it, you, when I, I watched it the day it came out in 2016 on Netflix. Wow. It was flower. That's weird. Well, you guys will see what we're talking about if you do watch this movie. But let's let's talk about the movie. Maybe it was censored. Maybe on Netflix. But why choose? No, duck- it wouldn't. It wouldn't be. duct tape. <laughs> it follows uh, this group of three kids, essentially. In particular, a babysitter and her charge. Which I don't even know. This kid looked like. 14 15 16 i don't know why he, he needs a babysitter he's supposed to be 12 in the movie is he yeah he's 12 going on 13 but he was like what 16 when he was playing yeah, I, don't like like I don't know man well okay i guess that's a little fair or but uh anyway babysitter kid eventually kids idiot prankster jerk friend <laughs> comes back but uh, they think that there's some kind of crazy home invasion thing going on where somebody is stalking them at least uh, the babysitter does so. yeah it really went like the stranger slash your next route mm-hmm. and then it just flipped it turns out our, our main character what was his name luke he was trying to trick his uh, babysitter ashley mm-hmm. into thinking there was a home invasion so he can save her from it yeah pretty weird i mean you can see right away in like the trailer and stuff like that that something's not quite right with this kid uh portrayed by levi miller i think he did a, a really Great good job, job yeah uh he basically kind of finishes out the movie by kind of fleshing out the rest of the plot and we won't give away too many really like big spoilers or anything like that but he has a, a huge role to play there's a lot to talk about here in this movie with uh you know themes like 
toxic masculinity and uh Incels. misogynism <laughs> yeah it's, all he that seemed shit. like remember that incel kid that sat in his car recording videos and then he like killed a few girls at like uh, the, the sorority this is who he reminds me of i mean there was that story recently about the girl who was like raped and killed by that one guy because she rejected his cat calls and stuff like that so somehow this movie is even more relevant now dude what the fuck is wrong with people i don't know man there's something seriously wrong with a lot of people there's something seriously wrong with this kid too and this movie i think does that pretty well the thing i liked at least was that it really didn't push any of those issues no it was really it was done pretty naturally exactly yeah so that was good i think so i thought the writing was actually pretty solid dialogue was actually good you know not a lot of movies can have really kind of flowy natural kind of dialogue i think this movie did that pretty well you know and uh even the character of ashley played by olivia de jong you know didn't feel really forced or anything like that to me there's people you know like that out there so uh with with that kind of personality so yeah i thought that was good script was good um cinematography was actually pretty great you know the gore was really subtle they kind of would like move the camera away from the event the second that the gore would happen yeah it was kind of like halloween ish you know it wasn't like friday the 13th ish when the gore is really like in your fucking face i didn't hate it because you know i I feel like this movie could definitely be compared in some ways to the babysitter oh yeah which was extremely gory but it was also kind of because it was a more not goofy but what's the word i'm looking for you know what i mean it just kind of had that wild factor more like what yeah just wild more like shock value i guess i want to (laughs) say like when the thing fell into the dude's head and he was just fucking bursting and everything this movie didn't really have that this this one was a lot more subtle which was nice yeah like when the when the yellow yellow paint started mixing with the blood during the paint cans yeah yeah no that, that was actually cool like there was uh, actually some love given here to other Christmas movies, and I even, uh, you know, saw some resemblance to like Home Alone and stuff like that in this movie, uh, which was cool. So, it, even though it wasn't like, like the themes of Christmas weren't really there, it was still a Christmas themed movie. I mean, it was taking place right on Christmas, and you could see all the decorations and all that and the stuff. snow. Yeah, it's really what made it a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really. In- no Santa Claus or elves or anything yeah. really like that. No. Unless you count home invasion part of the Christmas culture, then sure. Yeah. But, you know, people will still even watch, like, The Thing and The Shining during Christmas just because of the snow. I guess. <laughs> you know, I guess. I mean, they're not really Christmas movies, but this one, I would say, is, is probably a, a Christmas-themed horror movie. Um, you're not going to get those vibes, like, hugely, and the themes aren't really there, but like visually it's definitely christmas oh yeah so i mean there is that (laughs) so i mean i can definitely recommend this one as a christmas movie i thought it was sweet if you're being really nitpicky it's it's more of like a thriller but uh, i think that what it does it does effectively the kid in particular is creepy and i hate him yeah i hated him (laughs) so that was uh definitely done effectively and overall yeah i had a pretty good time watching it like it was it was twisty here and there like there was one i guess big reveal yeah and then you know there was some other stuff that happened but i was still looking forward to everything you know coming up in the movie so i had a good time watching it 
I did too. It was my second time watching it. The ending, like I said, shocked me because it's not what I remembered. <laughs> I got hit with a fucking psychological phenomenon. I swear to fucking God. All right, never mind. Bro, I think you need to go on like a spiritual journey or something. I think I do. <laughs> I'm going to play the lottery. But yeah. uh, the kid, uh, it's not like it's not like watching a Ghostface movie or a Halloween movie or a Friday the 13th. You're not rooting for the antagonist in this movie. Yeah. Like even the people who are shitty people in this movie, like the girl's like ex-boyfriend and her current boyfriend, mm-hmm. like they're douchey, but they're not like, you know, like you kind of mm-hmm. don't want anything to happen to them because they're, like they're almost so douchey that they seem like innocent. You know what I mean? It's just that they have that stupidness to them, so you'd feel bad. But yeah. as long as they don't reek of like pure evil, then I'm usually exactly. like, maybe you know they shouldn't die. <laughs> but no, so I thought that the characterization was actually uh, done pretty well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty fun to watch too. I mean, there wasn't like you said really many Christmas vibes other than like the the visual. I mean, the Christmas carolers wasn't there Christmas carolers in. Yeah, okay, I think so. I remember right. she was tied up and he, he was just standing at the front and giving out hot chocolate or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was good. That was good. There were a lot of cool moments. I mean, even the boyfriends and stuff. Uh Dacker I don't know how to say his name. Dacker Montgomery from uh Stranger Things played uh Billy is in this movie too. I don't know if you noticed. I noticed his face. I was like, Oh shit, that's Billy. And this Billy, was actually before He was a douchebag? In Stranger Things, uh yeah. Seasons two and three. The, oh, the, the douchebag older brother, yeah, with like the mullet or whatever, and like that shitty mustache. The one whose dad like whoops his ass. Or yeah, whatever. that is him. That is him. Yeah, so pretty cool to see because I mean, this this I believe was before he was in Stranger Things. So I wonder if this was his first like bigger role. I'm not sure. I'd have to check. But that was just kind of an interesting thing I I, uh, I noticed. Other than that, I didn't really. Uh, notice anybody else like super huge or anything like that but i liked the cast overall the mom and dad were cool too uh actually patrick warburton is probably the biggest star in this movie yeah, but joe, we only saw him for a little bit joe from family guy yeah exactly even dude he has the same voice in every fucking movie he, he was actually hilarious in this movie he though. Was. <laughs> just like really subtly so but no he i mean that's his voice like how can you not have him talk like that yeah i'm not ever gonna be like hey patrick can you like not talking your regular voice see the thing is though for like he literally for joe's voice on family guy mm-hmm. he's just himself oh yeah i mean i, I feel like he kind of talks he has to take on the character of joe which is kind of like kind of dumb even though he's like a cop you know? yeah <laughs> but uh yeah other than that though he pretty much just sounds like himself yeah, yeah. but he was he was a delight to see in this movie i was pleasantly surprised by that uh so let's I think we can move on. Do you have anything else you want to say about Better Watch Out? No, I think uh, Olivia, she was my favorite part of this movie. Yeah. You know, that little sociopath was pretty cool. I just wanted her to, like, kill his little ass the whole time. Yeah, same. She was a good heroine, I think, for sure. Did you watch After the Credits what happened? Oh, I, yeah, I do. He, he, I do. He, let's he, not say it. Yeah. Let's not say it, but I do. I, I know what you're talking about. That was cool. I was, I was pleased by that because I wasn't, like, super into the, you know, pre-credits ending so i'm glad they included that but yeah i don't really have too much more either to say about that one i do recommend it it's it's a bit of a different christmas you know horror movie i think you guys will like it um this next one though is definitely like a lot more christmas oriented yes like literally a thousand times yeah. more christmas oriented but it's a little bit different it's a little wild it's a uh, it's finnish 
and it's it's kind of more of like a dark folk tale. Yes, because in their culture, Santa Claus and Krampus is the same person. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. It's not in there that they have. Well, first of all, the, the movie is uh, Rare Exports: A Christmas Tale, which is a kind of a reimagining of like the Rare Export from two thousand and three. Oh, they capture it? and sell Santa Clauses. Yeah. Oh, okay. Was that like a full movie or like no, a no, short? No, no, it was a short. Okay, that makes sense then. So yeah, this is probably the same kind of core group of people. Maybe I want to say because exactly that's usually how it goes. Yeah, it depends. I'll have to check that one out too, though, because I mean the concept is cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this movie is about uh, a little community in uh, Finland somewhere. Uh, actually, right by this huge mountain um that discovers that their reindeer which is very important part of their survival really uh are all slaughtered by who knows what one day um coincidentally there's like this digging expedition blowing shit up on top of the mountain because some crazy old white guy wants wants to to find santa claus yeah he's trying to extract santa claus because like there's like this old legend that Santa Claus got trapped out onto the ice and then they dropped him into the ice and then they waited for the ice to harden and they took the block and they buried it under mounds and mounds of yeah rocks. Mm-hmm. Which sounds like a folktale already right there, you know? And there's actually a lot of it, like if you dig into, you know, Scandinavian and European, you know, folklore and everything like that, Santa Claus is, is can very much be evil his little elves are evil, you know, that he employs. I think even in some stuff, his elves are like demons, basically, or something. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of really cool source material to kind of draw from. This movie is very much that. This community discovers this. They discover one of these elves. Which they thought was Santa Claus originally. Mm-hmm. He he bites, what's his name, Peapottinen's ear off. <laughs> yeah. Like half of it. Oh my god, that guy's name is just so yeah, uh, yeah. Peapottinen. Yeah. Every time, every time the kid would yell at him from the helicopter, Peapottinen. I was like, bro, just give him a nickname, like Peep, <laughs> Pee, Pee. Um, no, no, no. This whole movie was. Pee-a-dotty. I was trying to figure out how to say the main kid's name for for a while. It's not a slight to it or anything like that. It's just you know, pronunciation sometimes can be a little difficult when you're not from that culture or country or anything but like how you can tell in this movie his dad was around he's he's angry mm-hmm. all the time but it's mainly because like one their money is like low that those reindeer getting killed kind of fucked with their like oh yeah their money big time and then two like you kind of see like what's really wrong underneath when the kid mentions his his dead mother yeah i think this movie actually did a great job in exploring those themes i mean at the end of the day, honestly, it was really, I don't know, I don't know why, but I guess it's because, like, we're Slavic and shit. Yeah. <laughs> we can kind of understand it. It's like, man, if our if our parents came into what these people came into, hell yeah, they would, like, try to oh, profit yeah. off that shit. Hell yeah, dude, if, <laughs> dude, imagine if our parents came across some fucking elves used by Santa Claus. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Dog, we'd be rich. <laughs> and that's basically what the, what the movie is about yeah but it's really cool and then you know, i, I kind of related to the to the kid running around in his underwear and like looking for his dad that was kind of weird like it's like dude you've he's fucking walking around and yeah. in, in it's snowing and he's just like 
dad were you on the roof i'd be like yo put some pants on my dude my dad would definitely tell me that too actually but i still used to just run around like that all the time yeah hell yeah i kind of relate to it i'm actually happy that this movie kind of portrayed a lot of that stuff a little bit more realistically uh and you know you could really kind of feel you know their disparity and and how you know not well off they actually are and they're just little you know shamble of a hut and everything and and their barn or whatever is coming down and stuff like that so you can really kind of feel those things and here they're presented with this really really strange fucking event that they can't explain and somehow it's santa claus like there's no way i would believe it but and it's not even like the traditional santa it's like the original concept of santa yeah like the fucking which is basically krampus yeah because he had the like we saw when he was frozen he had the krampus horns and the little uh the little pamphlets or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. he looked like a fucking devil like yeah i was gonna ask before i don't know if it even is in finland but somewhere over there i think they actually have maybe it's austria or something their they own santa like claus that, yeah that whole like festival where they just celebrate krampus and stuff and and they parade through the streets in like all those crazy ass devil outfits and shit, scaring kids. Because that's the whole reason those stories even existed was to like scare kids and, and to being good, yeah, and be good. Kind of like religion does with adults. <laughs> yeah, and we we see that perfectly in this movie because you know they go after the kids who are naughty. So there you go, right there. Like if you ever wanted an evil Santa Claus type movie, this is pretty much it. I mean, Krampus was really good, but what this movie did really really well was definitely capture that dark folklore fairy tale type oh, yeah. of vibe which krampus definitely didn't do i mean being an american movie is, is a lot more kind of like action heavy and cgi heavy this movie actually has some cgi too but i think it actually worked most of the time it didn't look bad until really the explosion yeah that's that's the only thing i would say was not that great but even the snow looked kind of cool because it yeah. led to that sort of like magical vibe that the movie had i I really enjoyed the movie though like yeah. the pacing and then the unveiling because like at first we thought they had found santa and then you know spoiler alert it wasn't santa it was one of the elves mm-hmm. i don't know it just was really perfect for me and like the the really like strenuous relationship the father has with his son because mm-hmm. like he doesn't have time to really be a father because he's always like doing shit and working and trying to get shit done and the mom is dead, and so it's, like, really rough on mm-hmm. him. I mean, it can be something that's really relatable to a lot of people. You know, maybe not the dead mom thing or anything like that, or even raising a child, but even just being in poverty is very relatable to a lot oh, yeah. of people, and I think a lot of people can can relate to what's happening in this movie, more or less. I hope, I really hope that nobody actually has caught, like, an elf or Santa Claus, but, um, but you know... Still. You did tell me that shit. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I'll give you twenty grand right but, now. But still, I think the writing was was good, and yeah, like you said, pacing was solid. I liked all the killing scenes, and this is another movie where we don't really have like a lot of like blood and gore and guts and everything like that. But it it still worked, you know. It it's more of like a dark, grim type of film. Yeah, it's a really. Grim, like one of those grim fairy tales. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why some places label this as a dark comedy. There was nothing funny, really, even humorous about it up until like the ending. I think it was largely just like the interactions between 
the core group of adults. But I don't know. I guess for me, that's like pretty standard, you know, interactions between like Europeans. And yeah, stuff. that's what it seemed like. <laughs> but maybe that's why it's kind of like a comedy. I, don't know. I guess I can see it. Yeah. But either way, definitely more of like a dark fairy tale type thing. If that's kind of what you're looking for, definitely recommend this one. Really unique concept, I feel like as well, because the whole evil Santa Claus thing in general is not super creative or unique you know there's been a lot of movies like that mostly krampus yeah related you know because he is the the, the og evil santa yeah, they call him and krampus they call him the shadow of saint nicholas yeah but you know this movie did everything i feel like really well the end was the only thing that i can kind of criticize and, and wasn't like a huge fan of but i think overall the movie kind of achieved what it was going for you know, not super scary or anything like that, but definitely had those creepy vibes to it. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was atmospheric. Cinematography was great. The acting was great. Mm. I really had no gripes, like you said, with this movie until the end. The end was kind of like, okay, but it's understandable that they would go like the kind of like really light tone mm. route. Like it was a real big change in tone at the end. I think that's because everything changed for the characters from being like poor and everything was so serious because they had to work so hard and they were mm-hmm. in a deficit to like just the complete opposite. Since the movie changed tone, I think the characters for sure had to change it as well. Extremely. Yeah. That, that last big like action sequence though, it made me feel like I was watching the polar express or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it's cool. I actually like how it ended, you know, because I think that's, that's not what I would normally expect. Right. You know, watching a movie, but uh, but it was cool how they did it. So, uh, overall, really like this one as well. I recommend it. Uh, I want to say probably even recommend this one a little bit more out of the two films. So if you had to pick one, I agree. Rare exports would be the way to go. Uh, there is some English in it. If you're one of those people, it is largely in Finnish. So just be aware of that. I didn't but mind it at all. No, not at all. It was it was engaging. It was interesting, and I just liked everything that was going on visually. It was solid. A lot more of like a dreary, snowy kind of movie as opposed to, oh, Christmas lights and Christmas yeah, trees exactly. and shit. But, uh, but I really, I, I thought it worked a lot for this one. So go check them both out. Better Watch Out is on Netflix and you can watch Rare Exports on Hulu and on Amazon Prime. So if you got all those, which I'm guessing most of you probably do. You can check these movies out and then let us know what you thought about them by reaching out to us on Facebook and Instagram at Grave Discussions and then on Twitter at Grave Disc SRD. You can also check out our website, GraveDiscussions.net, where we do have a contact us forum. You can uh, listen to the newest episode and a bunch of other stuff. So I think that's going to wrap it up here for episode 85, Sam. Yes, yes. It was a very festive episode and tune in next week where we'll be discussing something people are on the fence about. Mm. Yeah. Be on the lookout, guys. We've got that coming up. On Grave Discussions. (laughs) You should have said ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho.
This has been an SRD production. <laughs>